Hello, friends. Thank you for listening to Balance Black Girl. My name is Les. I'm your host, and I appreciate you tuning in. Today, we are wrapping up our new life and creativity series, and this is probably one of the most information-packed series on the podcast to date. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes, I highly, highly recommend you do. Even if you aren't a parent, there are so many helpful takeaways for everyone in each episode. We've covered everything from understanding reproductive health, which is especially important right now in the U.S. as we don't know what's going to happen with our reproductive rights and choices. So understanding how your body works is more important now than ever. We've talked about epigenetics and how we can change the ways our genes are expressed, working with doulas, supporting those in our lives who are new parents, and how to go for your dreams when you're balancing a lot on your plate. And most recently, we've talked about how creativity is an important catalyst for healing. So today we're going to close out the series by talking about the importance of nurturing creativity and giving ourselves space and grace as we bloom. Our guest today is Christina Martinez. Christina is a contemporary visual artist based in Seattle, and her career actually started in fashion school before she explored self-expression through painting. Christina's work is rooted in telling the often overlooked stories of black and brown people, encouraging them to water themselves to bloom and grow in this journey called life. I'm such a fan of Christina's work, and I'm also a really big fan of her as a person and how she shows up so authentically in all that she does. We talk about her experience fostering her own creativity, what it's like to be an artist by profession, the importance of community and collaboration when it comes to fostering creativity, and how creativity has been helpful for her own healing. Christina is also a mom of two, and we talked about how creativity influences her parenting style and how she also supports her kids' creativity. This episode is truly a masterclass in believing in yourself and believing in what you create, and I'm so excited to share this conversation with you. I do want to give you a heads up that we did have a few technical difficulties because technology be technologying and mercury be retrograding or whatever is happening with that right now. At some points you may hear a a few notification dings that we weren't able to fully edit out. So I just want to give you a heads up there. We're all doing our best here, So, but I just like to make you aware. All right, so let's jump into the episode. Christina, welcome to Balance Black Girl. I'm so excited to have you. I've wanted to have you on the podcast for so, so long. I'm so happy to be here. It's, I remember like specifically talking to you about this. I don't, I don't even, when was that? Like 2019 maybe? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah, I think so. So here we are. Yeah. So now it's here. (laughs) So context for everyone listening, I actually had the opportunity to interview Christina live at a future for us event in Seattle, I think in 2019. So mm-hmm. what felt like a lifetime ago, because so much has happened. Yeah. Since then. <laughs> yeah. It feels like even longer ago than 2019 to me, because it's just like, that was a whole different world then. <laughs> I mean, it feels like a decade's worth of life has happened in a three year. Yeah, frame. for sure. But I'm so excited to have you here, especially because, you know, over the past three years following your work, it's been really beautiful to see all of the ways that it's grown and people now getting to enjoy and 
benefit from the amazing work you do has just been so beautiful to see. Thank you. I definitely, I feel very blessed. It's happened really slow and really fast at the same time, you know, so much work like behind the scenes and years and years and years of just like continuing to like believe even when things weren't happening. And now it's like, okay, it's all going to happen at one time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful sentiment of it happening fast and slow of just years of behind the scenes and building. And then like when it happens, it happens. Yeah. It's like, it starts to really make sense and you start to just learn so much about yourself. And I think for me, like working so hard for so long and really doing it when it was very quiet for me. I've learned that a part of me is like very much in love with the journey and like the grind of it. And so it's like, you still have to find ways to like tap into that when it does start happening for you. Even what you just said about loving the journey and the grind, that's something that is so important. I think for anyone to remember regardless of what journey they're on or what they're pursuing, because sometimes it can be so tempting to only see maybe the milestones that you're working towards, but to appreciate each step while you're doing it is so key. Yeah, no, I definitely, I, I, I can feel that about myself now. It's like, you know, sometimes things will be going really, really well. And I'll be like, wow, I can actually just like sit and be with my art and have quiet time. And then like, I'm like, I'm going to take some time to myself and just paint. And then after a while, I'm like, I want to work again. I need another project. It's like, I like that feeling of like constantly reaching for more, pushing yourself further. And I think you have to kind of be in love with that process to do something creative or to work for yourself, you know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'd love to like take it back a little bit to learn more about the journey that you've had with art. What interested you in art? How did you start expressing yourself creatively? I feel like art has always been inside of me. I remember being little and like drawing on napkins or, you know, using nail polish as paint or just like different things. It's like, I knew that that was my comfortable form of expression, definitely more than like verbal expression or even writing, you know, I I've always kind of struggled with writing, um, as well, but if I got to like visually make something that expressed how I was feeling, it always felt like the safest space and the most comfortable space for me. And I think like, as I got older, I started to kind of fine tune, like what my actual outlet was. And I'm thankful now in my thirties that you know, I have painting and I know that that's like my passion, but I remember being really, really little and like, you know, sometimes like I just wanted to like take photographs or I wanted to, you know, just try to make something. And so it wasn't until I was like in college that I really started to understand that this is what I wanted to do with my life. I think as a younger child, it just became more of, it was like more of a place of peace for me. Like my mom was a single mom and had me really young. And so I spent a lot of time at home by myself, which we can't really do anymore. But I used to stay home by myself, like her whole shift of work, you know? And so it was like, you know, I'm seven years old at home and like, 
that was what made me feel safe was making art. And she would come home and I might've like nailed a bunch of stuff to the walls or like (laughs) painted a bunch of pictures. And, you know, I think I just, it started to evolve with time, but it's always kind of been with me. It just wasn't when I was younger, it didn't feel like it was possible to make that a career that kind of evolved as I started to get older. Yeah. Yeah. I really loved what you said about expressing yourself creatively. Like you found safety in that. Just think that that's a really beautiful sentiment and something that I've been exploring just in research and on the podcast is the intersection between creativity and wellness. And Mm -hmm. a lot of what I've learned about that is exactly what you're saying, like open space to freely express yourself, even if it's not in words, like however Mm -hmm. you can to create that safe space. Definitely. I always like, I always tell people, you know, I try to do like, I used to do these workshops. I haven't been able to do them recently because of COVID and everything, but I used to do these workshops where people would just come into my studio and, you know, everybody would sit down with their canvas. And there's so many people are like, I'm not creative. I'm not creative. I can't do this. And like starting is always the hardest part for people. I think people really underestimate what it takes to be vulnerable, like with a blank canvas and what it takes to like, really just open up yourself and just make something freely. But I really believe that there's a creative in everybody. You just have to like be willing to tap into that space. And most times, like when you're done, you do feel better. And I always kind of looked at it like, okay, how is what I'm doing making the world a better place? How am I contributing to progress. But I really believe that like encouraging people to tap into that space and to make art, it just makes you feel better. And if we feel better, then we live our lives better, you know? And so I try to look at it that way with kind of like what's important to me and why it's important for me to share my journey is just, it really does feel like self-care to make art. Oh, absolutely. And you really lead by example in that way when you're able to make art and be openly creative. Yeah. It helps other people like find their creativity as well. Yeah, definitely. I would also love to go back to what you mentioned earlier about, you know, when you were younger, seeing creativity as something that was always in you, something that made you feel safe, not even something that necessarily was going to be a career initially, but over time, you said like around college, being able to see like, I could do this. What Mm -hmm. was that shift like for you from seeing creativity as something that is within you to something that you wanted to pursue for a career? Um, I think it was, you know, it's just a, a, a journey of just kind of with each project, with each opportunity. I mean, even still now I'm like, wow, like, you know, well, certain projects will come through and I'm like, that's crazy that this is where the world is at right now that I can collaborate and partner in this way. And more and more and more, you know, I feel like the world is moving in that direction where it's like, people are using art as a language and people are really connecting to it. And so, you know, I always tell the story of Bob Ross, like when I was younger, seeing Bob Ross on TV, like, and painting, and that was his job. I just thought that was like the greatest coolest thing I'd ever seen but I didn't necessarily like connect as far as like I knew I wanted to do that but because he looks so different and you know he's an older white male I didn't 
feel like that was a possibility for me. I knew that I wanted that, but it was like, as I continued to like keep pushing for myself and keep pushing for my art and really just follow what was already inside of me, I've learned more and more and more that, you know, I can do this. And as you know, you get a little taste of like, okay, well, that worked out. So maybe if I try this now and push a little bit bigger, maybe that'll work out. And, you know, and then the root of like every project, every partnership, and just being able to survive off my art period is this like desire to connect to people through my work. And that never really goes away. So it's, it's nice to have that inside of me and to just be able to take that, you know, with each new journey. One thing I wasn't prepared for, though, I will say that I like to be very honest about is when you've used art as a place of healing for so long, and it's been a space of safety and comfort and an outlet, once you have to kind of put a value on that to now survive on it, that was like a tricky thing for me that I really had to learn to navigate as it was happening. And so I like to just prepare people for that. Cause it's like, the dream is like, you know, quit your job, go follow your dreams and all those things. But for people that are really, really protective and really in tune with their work, that is something that you have to balance and you have to be able to get into a state of mind where it's like, I need this to stay sane, but like, I also need it to pay my bills, (laughs) you know, and like finding that happy medium is trickier than it seems. At least it really was for me. Oh, that totally makes sense. And I think that that's such good advice to give to people who are pursuing creative careers. It's just thinking about how do you put a dollar value on what you're creating and something that's such a big part of you and a tool for healing and, sometimes that can also maybe put pressure on the creative process and and on what you're doing. So how do you, how do you balance that? Try to just like get out of my own head. I try to look at every project. I try to separate it from any dollar amount, you know, and really just like think about like, what is the story I'm trying to tell and, and try to keep as like locked in on, the purpose or the, you know, the meaning behind the work rather than like the technical part of it, you know, shipping and selling and all, all of those things. I try my best to separate them, but it is, I mean, it's something that I'm still learning how to work through, which is like, like I said, why I like to be so vocal about it, because that was one thing that I really don't feel like I was prepared for. It's like, sometimes you want to make a painting because you're having a hard day or you might be having the greatest day of your life but this like emotion is so attached to it and people you know you might put it out in their world and people love it and connect to it but it's like oh now I have to tell you how much it costs for you to now take it into your home you know and it's just you know I just kind of take each situation like as they come and at the root of everything, I'm very, very grateful that people connect and that I am able to pay my bills and live a really comfortable, happy life off of my work. But I think always having things that fuel you creatively that don't have a price on them, make it easier. I like to take photos on film. I like to build Legos. I like to 
you know, just draw just because I think always having those outlets on the side, every time I'm like working on a big painting, I'm always like, I need to make another painting to take a break from my painting, you know, (laughs) cause it's Mm -hmm. like, I need that one that is just like, I don't have to think about it. It's free. It feels good. And then I have the other one that maybe there's a little more pressure attached to it and just kind of work through that together. Um, but I'm learning. I really am. It's a constant um, learning process. And I try to just like be a sponge and soak it all in and just understand it as I go. Love that process of having a project on the side. That's, always. that's for fun. And for you, yeah. that's such a good tip. Yeah. Always. People are always like, what do you mean you need to paint a painting to take a break from your painting? I'm like, it's, it's a thing. It makes, it makes <laughs> me feel better. <laughs> it totally makes sense. Uh, something, it, there's a big difference between something that is going to be shared with the world versus something that you can do. Yeah. To do. Exactly. <laughs> How has your relationship with creativity evolved over time? I have learned to turn or tap into my creativeness regardless of how I'm feeling. I I think that for so long I used it as an outlet to overcome challenges, to process emotions that I didn't really have words for. I, you know, used my art through grief and just hard times. And my life has been a lot of ups and downs and you know I've learned that the happy times and the blessings are like equally as important you know and I have learned how to make art when I'm not inspired when I am inspired when I'm very happy when I'm tired when I'm sad and I think that as I've done that I've become more of who I am because art is like truly me. You know, this is like, it's in me. It's, it's what I do. It's what makes me feel good. And so I've learned to kind of incorporate it really in every part of my life. And so it's like, there's no real separation anymore. You know, even with mother being a mother, it's like my art is like a language that I speak with my kids. My art is a language that I speak with my partner It's how I, it's what I gift to people to show them that I love them. You know, I think just really learning to use my creativity as a tool and, and also accept that like, it is a part of my everyday life. And as I grow, my art grows. Oh my gosh. I feel like even like that answer was just like a masterclass in in, like working with your creativity, despite how you're feeling. Thank you. I actually just filmed a workshop with my partner who is also a painter um, not that long ago. And it's funny. We both are very, very passionate people. And when we were filming, you know, it's a, it's an art class. Like we're teaching a class, but we care about it so much. And the people that were um, helping with the production side of it, they're all like, Oh my God, like wiping their eyes. And, you know, this is so emotional. And I'm like, it's just, you know, when you talk about something you love so much, I think that it's really cool that people can connect and feel that. Oh, absolutely. It is absolutely felt and so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. I also love that you 
mentioned motherhood and how creativity is also a language that you use to communicate with your kids as well. Because in this series, we've talked a lot about motherhood. You're a mom of two of like the coolest kids. Like your kids are just so cool. The little bits that you share of them, I'm like, they're just like the dopest little people. Thank you so much. I love them so, so much. Absolutely. How has creativity also impacted you as a mother and impacted how you parent them? One thing that stands out right away is just, you know, my mom worked so hard and had me very young. And I kind of, because of that, I really navigated my creative side, like by myself. And I know that if my mom could go back and we had all the resources, she would just feel the, the side of me, you know, the way that she does now. But that was my process is I knew that I loved art. I just didn't really, you know, we didn't have canvases and paint and things like laying around the house. Um, so with my kids, you know, I always think like, God, what if I would have realized that this was going to be something for me? you know, early on, what if I would have been able to like, you know, take some art classes or paint with somebody, you know, things like that. So I think with my kids, I always have that at the front of my mind that, you know, I have the, I have the resources to help them out. If my son is like, wow, that, that drawing on that t-shirt is really cool. I'm like, do you want to make t-shirts with your own drawing on that? You know, (laughs) like, it's just like, even uh, my son was talking about, um, at my last art show me and my partner did together called Diptych here in Seattle. My son was talking to us afterwards and he's like, I want to do an art show, but I want all the paintings in there, like just to be mine, you know, <laughs> cause he's like, not a group <laughs> show, just mine. Mm-hmm. And right away we're like, do you want to have an art show for your birthday? And we can find a venue, you know, just trying to like really help them understand that it doesn't have to just be a hobby. It doesn't have to be something you do at school. If you love it and it feels good, no matter what it is, it can be anything, basketball, art, swimming, whatever that like you have me here. I believe in you. And I'm going to give you as many tools as I can to help you with it. I'm going to do it with you. Um, That's kind of been our thing. You know, my daughter, she'll be like, can we go to the studio today? Or I just like, will you just draw with me? And it's like, no question. Like, yes, you know, let's do it. When she was younger, maybe like three, she knew that I would never say no to making art with her. <laughs> so like, it would be like 1030 at night. And she's like, I want to paint, you know, so she doesn't have to go to bed. And she would like always kind of use that against me. But I think just like, making them feel like the things that they create are important. When my kids do like a little doodle on a paper and like, here's a canvas, you know, like let's make it on a canvas. Now let's go get it framed. I We have so much art here that's like framed, you know, and they see their art framed and it just makes a difference. It's like finding these subtle ways to show them that I believe in them. And I really admire how self-aware both of my kids are creatively at such a young age. So I just try to show them how inspiring that is to me. And um, yeah, when it comes to my own art, like being able to see the world through their eyes has helped, you know, me on my creative journey so much because, you know, I'm 35 now. I'm like, my vision of things is like, 
you know, affected by life and experience. And then here's them that are like, wow, like, look at that cloud. It's so, you know, it's this, it's that. And it's like, oh, that's a painting. I'm going to make that a painting now, you know? So it's really pretty effortless. I feel like having two kids that are both creative, I feel so blessed. And it's just kind of like the language that we speak now. Oh, so, so good. When you said that you're teaching them that creativity is important for a second, I was like, (laughs) I had an internal gasp a little bit because I just think for so many people, they receive messaging. That's the opposite, you know, that creativity is something that's like, it's a hobby, but you know, be realistic. And it's like, well, what, what is realistic? What does realistic mean? Why isn't thinking outside the box and using your brain in different ways considered realistic? It totally is. So let's encourage that. Yeah, definitely. And now like, you know, when I was younger, it's like jobs. When you think of like a job or like career day was like the firefighter, the policeman, the nurse. And I just think that these kids now are so blessed to be able to see so many people doing so many creative things and living really amazing lives off of, you know, something they make, like they created. And I try to make sure that they understand that because it hasn't always been like that, you know, and these kids, like they can do anything they want to. And I think that that's just like the coolest thing ever. And so yeah, I just try to make sure they understand that, that everything you make is important. You felt like you needed to express that. There's a reason for it. It's sick. I have probably every drawing they've ever made in the whole life, you know, because it's just like, wow, this is amazing. And like, you just, sometimes all it takes is like one person that's just like, this is really cool what you did, like, and to make you want to keep doing it and to explore it even further. And so you know, if that one person can be me, their mom, then I'm going to make sure they feel that every time. Oh, absolutely. Has it been rewarding to see them embody creativity in their own unique ways and have their own views? Yeah, yeah, definitely. My son, he, um, you know, creativity is like him asking if he can have green hair. I'm like, (laughs) why do you want green hair? And like, you know, he explains and I'm like, well, your grades are good. You're an amazing kid. You're uh, smart and kind. Like, of course you can have green hair, you know? And so it's like, you know, that, or um, he was playing the guitar for a while. Lately, he's just been really just drawing nonstop, but you know, it's cool to see them find themselves creatively. My daughter, a lot of times she'll like make like exact, like replicas of my pieces you know and I think that that is like to see her make it I'm like well yours is even better it's prettier (laughs) it's just such a it's like the highest compliment you know because I'm just so blessed to be able to affect them in that way and to be you know so close and showing them that you know you can do this too you can do whatever you want to do Oh my gosh. Yes. That's so beautiful. So a a major theme that's, that's been in your work has been the idea of blooming. And I would love to talk about that a little bit about what blooming means to you and perhaps ways that creativity has helped you bloom. It's funny when I, I never like intentionally 
went out, you know, to, and had this thought of like, I'm going to tell my story through flowers or nature or any, like I never really was um, a thought process. I do know that I would like look at um, gardening books or books that had flowers in them and feel really connected to like just the ways that flowers and um, trees, cactus, you know, the way that they like naturally protect themselves, the way that they grow, the way that they, you know, are able to be like on the verge of death and then come back to life again. And um, I always was really inspired by that, but it never was something that I was like, oh, I'm just going to use flowers to tell my story. It just happened. And one of the first self portraits that I ever did was uh, a flower face from my Water Me series. And I think that just being so connected to that piece and then putting it out there into the world and seeing that, okay, people are connecting to this and they understand it. And and seeing how many people uh, were affected by the meaning behind it, it just like became really just, I'm like, okay, this is something that I can speak in this language and people understand this. And it's just kind of stuck with me. And I think that when I look at my life, it truly has been like seasons of like blooming and sometimes you think you're blooming and then you're like, Oh wait, no, this is now I'm really blooming. You know? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I have to stop and just like quiet myself and water myself and figure out how I get myself to a place where I'm like going to bloom again. And wilting, I've been kind of focusing on wilting lately and what that feels like and what it means for me. And, you know, that's a reality and a part of life as well. And so it's really just, it's like a, mental way for me to remind myself that like it's gonna get better you will bloom again even when you are blooming you might bloom even bigger it's kind of been just a a way for me to be really in touch with what I'm feeling and express it in a way that's understood and like I said I didn't set out for it to be that way but I, and then I thought like, oh, the flower thing will kind of go away after a while. Who knows? Maybe I'll paint birds or something. And like, here I am <laughs> painting flowers every single day. I'm painting flower right now, actually. But, you know, now my flowers have like full heads and eyelashes and everything else. And it just, it keeps evolving. But, you know, as long as it's like in me, I'll continue to tell my story in that way. And like I said, I really appreciate that people are able to connect to it and take the time to let me know how it makes them feel. What I loved about what you just said was that embodiment of seasons, that you can have seasons where you're blooming, seasons when you're wilting, seasons where maybe it's feeling a little dormant because plants and flowers do that too. And leaning into that and not seeing that, that stage or that season as the absolute and knowing that that connection to nature is regenerative and that we do the same thing. It's beautiful. Yeah, we do. And I think like having that at the front of your mind and just knowing that, you know, you might have to do a little bit more work at some, you know, different points and, other points might feel like things are happening really naturally and effortlessly for you and just embracing those moments and 
something I learned from my partner. He always says like, stay very even kill, like not too high, not too low. And like, when I think about blooming, I, I really try to like stay in this space where it's like, maybe I'm blooming now, but you know, wilting is not too far away. Like you just don't know. And just being prepared and knowing that like it's ups and downs and all we can do is like continue to push through those moments. That's really what it means for me. It's like, just keep pushing and like the bloom is on the other side. That's such a good reminder. And it's kind of like what we talked about at the beginning about enjoying the journey as much as that milestone or that destination. Yep, definitely. So when you are in a season where you're like, I need, I need some watering, (laughs) what, what waters you, how do you feel watered? Vacations in Mexico usually do the trick. Yes. (laughs) I love to travel with my kids and see them experience new places. I read a lot. People are always surprised by how much I read because I just, I read. And then if I have to drive, I put it on an audiobook. And then, you know, like all my flights and stuff, I, I love to just like be reading. Music is tricky for me, depending on if I feel like I'm wilting or blooming. (laughs) Music is like a big trigger for me for some reason. So sometimes music helps me stay in a good space mentally. Sometimes it doesn't. I kind of just do a body check and see how I'm feeling. Being with my family, always, I'm thankful to be, you know, here in Washington where a lot of my family is at, but really just painting still I mean I just kind of keep I push through it it's it's rare that I just like won't create for like long periods of time because as much as that it can be really difficult to uh, not only express emotion an emotion that's tougher but also be aware of it you know Um, accept it and then like be willing to share it with people it can be really hard but it always makes me feel better. Those are all beautiful, beautiful practices though. You're reminding me, I'm like, I, I think I need a vacation in Mexico. Yeah, it's been yeah. too long. Same, <laughs> me too. So it's also been really amazing to see some of the collaborations that you've done either with other artists, other creators, incredible brands. And I would love to hear more about how collaboration and connection and community have also fed your creativity. I mean, collaborating is such a big part of my process. And I think my favorite collaborations are my most effortless collaborations are definitely with my kids and with my partner. Um, like I mentioned earlier, Albasir Holly, who's also a very, very talented artist. Just those ones that come directly from like a love language that we speak, you know, just we all did a collaboration together. My, my partner, his daughter, and both my kids. And it's like just this euphoric feeling that it's just like, you know, you're all, you, there's so much love and you're all creating and everybody's just like locked in on this one piece and bringing the own, their own parts themselves to it. And that feeling of like making art with somebody you love is like next level. Just there's nothing that compares to that really for me. And I think that is probably one of the places that like truly inspires me the most. You know, when my daughter's like not in the mood to collaborate with me, it always like, oh, I was like counting on that today. (laughs) And then my son, you know, he wants to draw like 
dragons and monsters and like doesn't really want me putting flowers on them so <laughs> it's kind of like off of it but the the times that like it does happen naturally and effortlessly I will say my favorite favorite collaborations are 100% with my partner and my kids and you know outside of that I think just being able to speak that language with somebody else and, you know, see the way that art fuels another artist is always just really powerful. Like you're putting the most intimate parts of you, you know, into these, this work and to be able to do that with somebody else. I I hope that people understand like how beautiful that is and how powerful it can be back to collaborating with my partner. What I love about that so much And it's opened up my eyes so much is that because he's a male and I'm female, like we're able to like, just speak to so many different people when we come together in one piece of art, which is really different from me. You know, like I, I love that it's like a wider range of people that can see the piece and feel seen and understood. And I think outside of that, like business collaborations or partnerships, like I love those because of the messaging behind the art that I make and, you know, allowing for space for me to highlight and put the spotlight on my very creative uh, black and brown friends that I'm just like, everybody needs to know who these people are, you know, being able to do that and being able to like work with people that, you know, are just so, so talented and see what everybody else can bring to the table. It's just, I never take that for granted. I think that that is like one of the most powerful exchanges of love, like being able to really like come together and tell this story with all types of different people being on set for the Nordstrom partnership that I recently finished on the last collection that dropped, I was blessed to be able to kind of put together a whole team of people and just seeing like everybody come together to like tell this unified story, but still very much bringing their individual selves to um, the project was so inspiring, like something I will never forget. What I love about how you describe all of these collaborations, whether it's like with your family or with other artists or brands or whatever, is just the words that you use of art as a language and how everything is telling a story mm-hmm. and collaborations are an opportunity for different perspectives to come add to that story. Just it really, really like struck me just now and has encouraged me to even think about art that I consume differently, really yeah. embodying the story. Yeah, definitely. It's like behind every project, like there's real people that, you know, you just, you just don't know what drives someone to make art, but I'm always like very touched by anything creative really, because it's like, there's a person behind that, that made that, that felt like they needed to get that out and express it in that way. And I think that when we look at things that way and we cherish art in that way, it just makes it that much more powerful. Like if we really stop and we think about it, like this is not just a painting, like somebody took the time to sit here and really needed to get that out or whether it's like a video or a song that they made, you know, it's just really having a quiet moment to understand why it's so valuable and important and and just appreciate it in that way. 
because of that. Absolutely. Oh yeah. It gives you such a deeper appreciation for it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Christina, this has been so, so good. Just as we're, we're kind of wrapping up here, I would love to hear, Hannah, how do you nurture new ideas that you want to bring into the world? I really just marinate on them for sometimes an extended period of time. (laughs) I don't know if you saw recently, I had done like a very small illustration of Rihanna's like pregnancy Mm -hmm. looks. And when I tell you, I thought about it. I saw a photo and I was like, God, this is so beautiful. She looks so beautiful. And I knew that it spoke to me. I knew that I loved something about it. And like the idea of doing that stayed with me. I went to San Francisco. I went all these different places and I had the paint with me. I had the paper with me and I just kept sitting on it, sitting on it until it felt like it was supposed to come out. And then it did. And it was effortless and I made it and it was done and I loved it, but it's not always like that. You know, it's like just kind of taking each thing and being really, really aware of how it makes me feel. I have been very intentional lately of not letting the internet rush me at all. That was like a big thing that was affecting me for a while that I don't think I was fully aware of. And it can get really tricky, like feeling like, you know, I used to love the Met. I couldn't wait for it to come on. I wanted to watch. I wanted to see all the dresses and it's like there was this pressure of like, if you like something and I want to illustrate it, I need to do it like right that night and post it the next day or it does, it's not valuable anymore. You know, just getting out of that space because it's not, that's not what it's about, you know, and just like allowing myself to sit with an idea for as long as I need to. And when it feels right, it just, you know, it just, I don't know when it's supposed to come out. And that's kind of how I've always been. I just kind of trust, I just have to trust myself and, you know, kind of quiet any outside influence when it comes to like your process and the way that you make your work. And I think when you can do that, it's not definitely not always easy, especially when you see all kinds of other people making all kinds of stuff and you just feel like, well, I need to get this out. But if you can quiet that and just like, let it sit and and do it when it feels right. That's when you get your best work. Oh, that's so good. The not letting the internet rush us. Yes. So I think that that's just such a valuable, valuable takeaway for everybody because it can be so easy to get caught up in that in that kind of false sense of urgency that it creates definitely and it's like as a creative there's already an urgency to create and that's already like a weight on your chest that not everyone feels you know not everyone has this crazy like urgency to express themselves in that way and then share it with the world some people you know they go and they clock in they clock out and they're happy and so it's like already like carrying that and then on top of that feeling like you have to do it fast it's not it's not it (laughs) (laughs) agreed I I think the approach that you described of being comfortable sitting with things and letting them come when they're ready to come just sounds like a good practice in self-kindness and self-compassion yeah. for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, Christina, this was so good. I cannot 
think of like a better way to close the new life and creativity series, um, which we're doing. Thank you so much for joining me. Yes, of course. Thank you for having me. So good to see you again, finally, but. Oh, I loved it. Yes. So for people in our audience who are just meeting you today, how can they find you? How can they find your work? I have a lot of my work on my website, which is just juneandmars.com. And then I share a lot on Instagram at SoTrill. And then outside of that, I'm trying to be more proactive with my mailing list when I do (laughs) need to take a break from Instagram. So yeah, on my website is a mailing list, which I'm, like I said, being more active with, but yeah, that's where I'm at. Perfect. And we'll link all of that in the show notes to make it super easy for people to find you. Thank you so much. Thank you. So I don't know about you, but that conversation with Christina left me feeling super inspired. She just embodies her gifts and being in flow so beautifully. I've linked her website, June and Mars, in the show notes so that you can purchase her artwork. And she's also had some incredible collaborations with brands like Nordstrom and UGG that you'll want to check out as well. So huge thanks to Christina for joining me on today's episode. Head to the show notes for more info. Again, thank you to our sponsors for this episode. Make sure you show our sponsors some love. In each episode show notes, we have the discount codes and links provided. And when you use our codes, that signals to brands that you learned about them from Balanced Black Girl, and that's what keeps them wanting to work with us. So huge thanks for your support there. Next week, we're kicking off a brand new series called Modalities of Healing, and we're examining what it means to heal in a non-commercial, non-corny, non-social media saturated way. And we're exploring the different ways that we can heal. And listen, if there is a series that you do not want to sleep on, it is that one. So get your subscriptions ready. Make sure your phone is charged so that you are there when the first episode drops next Tuesday. Thanks again for listening and I'll talk to you next week.